welcome to Rev Dive. We are back on the line, and today we are going to be talking to Matthew McCreeth because he is sort of an expert in helping organizations save money and uh, look at those costs that we kind of don't think about on a day-to-day basis. And so I asked him if I could interrogate him live to help out all of our listeners. So thank you so much, Matthew, for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm uh, honored to be here. I've been uh, to a lot of your events at MGMA and listen to you and Chem talk. And it's exciting to um, get to talk to you on this pa- platform. I'm really mostly excited just to see this whole background you've got going. So for any of our listeners who are actually watching it, some some folks watch it on YouTube and things like that, like just the array of Star Wars stuff that is behind you is seriously impressive. And you know, Chem and I love a fellow nerd like big time. Oh yeah. And uh turns out Kem actually has my where is it? Darth Vader wine opener. So we're kind of twins there and um I was just realizing that you and I have a lot more in common. My middle name is Gordon. So Really? Yeah. Look at that. Star Wars Gordon wine openers. It's kind of perfect. That's awesome. Well, now I'm really really glad we had you on the show. <laughs> There's so much synergy happening already. I know. All right. So I think that the first thing I really wanted to ask you about was kind of billing errors on invoices. So you and I had a chat a couple of days ago and we were talking about like the frequency of this happening with there being billing errors on invoices. And I started kind of picking the brains of some of our clients and saying like, how, how well do you scrutinize your, your invoices? And kind of the general consensus was like, we don't, we don't have time to really like dig into deep. You see that often, like people just don't have time. So they don't look at it. Yeah, yeah, we see it um, a lot, and I can personally say that that's exactly what I did um, in my old roles. Because when you're working in private practice, you're wearing many hats, and paying an invoice is top of your priority, so your service can continue. You don't necessarily have time to look at every single invoice, look at every single line item, and match it to what the contractual terms are, and so. A lot of times contracts are signed by people, you know, two or three people ago, you're new in the role and you look at your history of payments and you're like, well, it's close. So I'm going to pay it. I've got more important things to do with my time. So pay it. Um, And so, yeah, we just see uh, a lot of times, especially in telecom, uh, telecom bills are known for errors. And then there's also just, you know, with merchant services, there's things tacked on different fees and you don't necessarily have to pay all of them. Sometimes you can get out of paying them and most people just don't know to ask the right questions or um, get the right people on the phone to do that. Oh, wow. And so just so that I can give you a little bit of of validation, this was kind of your role when you were in practice, right? So tell me a little bit about like what you did before where you started to kind of realize that this was an issue. Yeah, so I was in private practice, um, the largest private pediatric practice in Oregon, and I wore many hats. I was treasury, um, negotiating lines of credit for expansion, AP uh, for a brief um, year, few years. I was payroll, uh, accounting, reporting. Uh, over, we had a revenue cycle manager. Um, they sat under me, so kind of. Anything that flowed from uh, money went up through me. And uh, I just started to realize that I, I don't have the resources that I need 
I am constantly doing everything quickly just so I can get through it. Uh, we have um, being AP and GL and treasury can be a red flag. Um, I worked really hard to put different, um, different um, segregations of duty in place so that we could get around the red flags like fraud. Um, I could write checks, but I could not um, put them through the bank and things like that. So I did utilize other people, but they were not experts in that. And so what they did was minimal. And when I got to think of it, uh, I was, like I said, the largest private pediatric practice in Oregon. And I felt that if I was struggling with these things, all of the other practices that were the same size or smaller or even bigger were likely struggling with the same things. And you probably see it a lot, but when you go to private practice, uh, typically they have a practice administrator who's doing payer contracting, vendor contracting, hiring and firing, provider recruitments. Um, oh yeah, scheduling. HR, they're doing everything. HR, they're doing everything, compliance. <laughs> and uh, one of the first things to get swept under the mat is vendor contracts because they've been working in the past and they're continuing to work. And if the bills get paid, the services stay on. Jeez, that's kind of a scary thought. So, you know, especially when you, you mentioned like, you know, that's close to what the bill used to be, right? And and it kind of makes me think of like those incremental increases. Like if it if it increases by 1%, maybe I'm not really looking at that, but after 10 years, like that's a, mm -hmm. that's a significant amount. And yeah. that's for folks that already have services that are sort of sized to what they need. Because as yeah. I understand it, like chatting with you, I'm kind of learning more about right sizing. And that's a phrase that you use regularly when we chat. Um, right-sizing different services, which is something I never think about. When I'm thinking about vendor contracting, I'm solely thinking about like, what can I renegotiate? Where can I get my, my yeah. prices better, right? So things cost less. Um, but I never think about right-sizing. Could you kind of explain what right-sizing is for our, for our listeners? Yeah. So um, right-sizing is just a term that I kind of use for making sure your services are efficient and that you're not paying for more than you need. Uh, a lot of times when practices change their procedures, so in the medical world, we've been slowly moving from a paper community to a paperless community. And uh, one of the things that um, happens when a clinic will go paperless is all of a sudden their shredding will not happen. They won't have, you know, um, bins and bins full of HIPAA, HIPAA documents that they have to have shredded on site. Um, but the the service continues to be picked up on either a weekly or a bi-weekly schedule they have uh, just as many bins as they did before they were paperless and so really looking at that service and seeing what is the schedule of pickup um, and when it's picked up how full are the bins because if the bins are a quarter full and it's being picked up you know every other week maybe you move to a monthly pickup and you reduce the number of bins you have there's two cost savings right there. You're paying for less bins and you're paying for less pickups. So right-sizing the agreement um, or the service is really looking about the utilization of it and making sure that you're utilizing it to the fullest capacity. Another area is your printing. So, you know, healthcare is going to keep the printing industry alive for a long time, but a lot of times you'll get locked into these leases that have, you know, 100,000, 200,000 pages a month. 
and you're paying for those whether you use them or not and they don't roll over. And so really looking at your utilization to see, am I actually printing this much? And if not, going back to your vendor and trying to uh, renegotiate. And what I always tell my clients is um, I don't specifically deal with uh, printer vendors. Um, I have some vendors that I like to refer to, but always when you're going into a new contract, just give yourself a six to eight month buffer period where you can change the terms of the contract uh, so that once you know your routine and what your cadence of printing is, you can right size it yourself. Um, so always giving that buffer and most, most uh, vendors are willing to say, yeah, that's fine. We know you don't know what you're going to use. So that's amazing. And I feel like you've, you've already given us like so many nuggets of, of wisdom, so many pearls of wisdom. Um, and I know, you know, for, for those who are listening in, we often don't have time. That's what Matthew does daily. Um, that's what his business does. And so there are companies out there that will help you with that sort of a thing that'll do those, you know, quarterly analysis, those quarterly assessments, things like that. But for our listeners who don't have stuff set up yet, right, they're, they're let's say we have new startup folks. Um, and, you know, like you just mentioned with the copiers, maybe they don't know how much they're printing yet, right? Things like that. Would you say that that rule of three, like I should get three different quotes, is that still kind of a thing? Is I mean, I remember when I was negotiating vendor contracts and this was moons ago, but like, yeah. I remember that like, okay, we always need to get at least three. Mm -hmm. Is that still kind of the thing? Should I need more? Should I get less? Yeah, it depends on the service. Um, depending on what part of the country you're on, different states require different things. And so when you're looking at uh, something like waste, some of our counties here in Oregon only have one vendor and they only allow you to use one vendor for your medical waste or things like that. And so you're kind of tied. So it's really um, understanding what you can and can't do. Uh, you know, healthcare is heavily regulated and the government likes to continually um, regulate things like waste providers. I don't know why that's a thing, but, um, you know, when you go out and it's something like merchant services or telecom, you're not just looking for the best rate and the best service. Now that we're, you know, fully integrated in our EHRs and, um, everything we do is on a computer, you want to go out and you want to find the vendors that are willing to integrate with those systems. And so, there might only be one, one vendor that integrates with that system, and it might be a little bit more than another one. So it's good to get another quote, but the efficiencies that you might gain by that integration far outweigh the cost that you might pay. And so when you're starting up a new practice or an organization, it's great to go to market to see what's out there. Um, but always with the, uh, with the eye of, what will make everything more efficient, not just what will save me money, because there's an intangible saving to efficiencies. And you know that in revenue cycle, right? Every time you work with a practice and you get their revenue cycle to run efficiently, that's less people they have to hire, that's less costs cost, and that's more money brought in. And um, there's an intangible aspect to that efficiency that you bring. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And so for me, it becomes this, uh, you know, th this thing that should be a priority for most of us, but for most of us, it's simply not. 
Um, for those who, you know, I think all of our listeners feel a, a massive sense of overwhelm, right? There's so much on their plate. Like you said, this is a highly regulated space. We're typically also responsible for compliance and legislative changes. Yeah. And those things are happening on a regular basis. So to keep these things a priority, like how often should organizations be looking at their invoices? How often should they be looking at their vendor contracts? Yeah. So they should tier them um, clearly by what is uh, integral to their practice, what they need to keep running the cost. You know, sometimes practices will have, um, you know, HIPAA shredding that they do and it's $50 a month. And that is not necessarily as important to look at as maybe the EHR bill that you're paying $100,000 a month for or something like that. And so kind of you really first you need to be organized right you need to know where your contracts are you need to have notifications that are going to tell you when they're due but on an annual basis you should be looking at them even if they're a multi-year agreement because a lot of times vendors pricing will change and you're locked into that agreement for three years but if the vendor prices change and you go back and you negotiate with them and get a better rate the worst that can happen is they can say no, but you might just be locked into a longer contract at a better rate. Instead of having two years left on your contract, you sign a new three-year, maybe your rate's better. They're happy because they get to keep you for another year. Um, but on an annual basis, you should at least look at them to do the, you know, the sniff test of, is this something I need to go to market for? Is this something I need to reach out to my vendor for? Because no vendor is going to come to you and tell you that they can save you money. They're going to come to you when. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? This was kind of like no payer is going to come to you and tell you you should be paid more, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey. just not something we do in healthcare. By the way, you could have billed a 215. They're right. Oh, well, right? you, you worked way too hard. Let's pay you more money. Yeah. 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 That's not a thing we do. <laughs> nope. No. And, it, and it's the same on the vendor contracts. Um, you know, they locked you in at a price and they're happy to get that. And if you don't talk to them, if you don't have a relationship with them, uh, if you have an evergreen contract and it's, you know, an automatic three to 6% increase every year and you're not looking at it, you're just paying more money for the same or less of a service. Wow. Boy, that's frightening. All right. Well, I tell you what, thank you so much because yeah. I feel like you gave our listeners so much information and so many things that they can go look at and save themselves money. Um, for yeah. anybody who's listening, if you don't have time to do it yourself, of course, you can always call Matthew. And there's other organizations out that do the same thing. But please, please take a look at those vendor contracts. Listen to what he has had to say with, to all of us today, particularly around billing errors in your invoices, the cost of those shredding services, things that we can certainly prevent just by looking at that, right? Set some time yeah. aside on, a, on an annual basis, like you mentioned, and let's make sure we're taking a look at that. Matthew, thank you so, yeah. so much for being on with us today. Is there anything that you would like to share with all of our listeners? Any one piece of advice in addition to all of the, the pieces you've already given us? Is there anything you'd like to mention? Um, well, a couple things. I think one, um, vendor management tools, technology are a real thing and you are a big proponent of technology. Um, they, they can run relatively cheap for what practices need. Um, and then two, just know that 
you know, in today's health environment, no one person can do it all. Uh, ego needs to be taken out of leadership for expenses to be cut and revenue to be increased. And so uh, reach out for help. It's not it's not shameful to reach out for help. It's actually going to be beneficial. I love that comment. That might be the comment of the year. Let's take the egos out of leadership and and do some collaborative care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finances and rev cycle, that's, right? That's what we're preaching, right? Collaborative <laughs> care. So. Oh, well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining. We will have yeah, to have I appreciate it. And thank, thank you. you for the beautiful Star Wars display in the background. We love that. My pleasure. And, and, and thank you for inviting me. It was great. Of course. Until next time, Rev Divers, keep diving into those Rev Cycles. Mm-hmm.